What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having an outstanding start to your Friday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it comes to Battery Power and the Braves. And of course, my name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is actually this. You know, this is a podcast centered on the Braves, but sometimes, especially in the offseason, the biggest news that impacts the Braves is news that happens elsewhere. And that is what we have seen this week. What has been the biggest storyline in baseball basically over the past month before, you know, it kind of in the midst of the holiday season, through the holidays and into the new year, what would become of Carlos Correa. And if you listen to the podcast on Tuesday, we kind of retraced the steps. You know how Correa originally signed with the Giants, a failed physical, didn't let a deal get done. He then went and signed with the Mets. And as of Tuesday, we were still looking to see if he would wind up with the Mets or there was growing reason to believe that he could eventually sign elsewhere. And that is eventually what occurred. Carlos Correa signed a six-year, $200 million deal with the Minnesota Twins. Could, I believe, turn into a nine, maybe ten, nine-year, $270 million deal in time. But, of course, Correa was with the Twins for a year in 2002. So he eventually went back to where he was, a place where he had already established himself as being healthy with the team that he was familiar with. He was able to land a, a lucrative deal with the Minnesota Twins. Now, of course, you know, there are several different things, you know, come to light when it comes to this development. For one, just how much guaranteed money Correa has lost over time, which unfortunately does happen sometimes when a failed physical occurs. But the other thing to take away from this is the simple fact that signing Correa was the true indication that when you look at the Mets in 2022 versus what they would put together in 2023, signing Correa was that over-the-top move that you know their owner Steve Cohen and others had talked about. That is what allowed the Mets to truly say that they had added a piece that you know really took them above what they had in 2022. Because make no mistake, the Mets have made a lot of moves this offseason. In my opinion, they remain one of the five or six best teams in the National League. But when you look at the moves without Correa that they've made, a lot of those moves have simply been retaining or replacing what they had last year. 
Jacob deGrom went to Texas. They signed Justin Verlander. The big contracts that they've signed, they've re, uh, they've uh, brought back Edwin Diaz in a hundred-plus million-dollar deal. They did the same thing with Brandon Nemo. So I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that you know the Mets are not one of the best teams in the National League. They absolutely are. They they were one of five teams in the majors last year to win a hundred games, but. Them not being able to get the deal done with Correa, it's significant. And it definitely is a positive for the Braves and the Phillies um, in the National League East because while the Mets are remain very good, they basically are, I'm not going to say they're the same team as they are last year, but again, much of their offseason has been bringing back what they already had or replacing what they lost. So with the Carlos Correa situation now resolved, one of the thing, one of the uh, areas that the eyes of baseball will turn their attention to on Friday, as I mentioned on Tuesday's Daily Hammer, is the fact that today is the deadline for teams and players to exchange their 2023 salary figures when it comes to arbitration. And for the Braves, in recent years, especially under Alex Anthopoulos, this has basically kind of been a, a, a non-official deadline for if a deal was going to be done, if the Braves were going to either get a multiple-year extension done or if they were to, going to come to an agreement with the player on a one-year deal to avoid arbitration, it would be done by this date. And so for Max Freed and A.J. Mentor Freed, you know, projected to you know earn somewhere around $12 million in 2023, Mentor around $5 million. And then you've got three relievers the Braves have acquired this offseason in Joe Jimenez, Lucas Litke, and Dennis Santana. For those five players, it's it, it seems almost guaranteed that today we're going to figure out the figures that the Braves are that the Braves feel that they're worth in 2023 with the players feel they're worth. And then it's likely that each of these cases are going to go to arbitration to be uh, solidified in time. But the other storyline to look at from this perspective is that we're now coming up with both A.J. Minter and Max Reed. We're coming up on the fact that both of these players have two years of eligibility left. I and others have talked about, you know, could the Braves look to extend Max Freed at some point this offseason? And it obviously is, you know, becoming more and more likely that that's not going to be the case. And, you know, obviously an extension for Max Freed, you know, other things to come into consideration as far as that goes. When the Braves do extend Max Freed, the average annual value of that extension, that plays a role into the luxury tax calculation for the Braves. And we obviously know that's something that they're paying attention to. The other thing that stands out is when it comes to Max Freed is that as time goes on, you know, his value value is only going to go up if he has another season in 2023 like he did in 2022 and then he's a year closer to free agency what does that do to potential extension talks so the point that I'm getting at is is that with two years left of eligibility for both Max Freed and AJ Minter I think it, it's almost a 99% chance or better, that both Freed and Mentor are Braves for at least the next two seasons. But it does become interesting to see what happens from here if the Braves were to potentially make a move in time to try to extend Freed or Mentor to be with the Braves longer than you know the next two years, 
or what happens, what other potential moves do the Braves make, knowing that in a few years they're potentially going to see both Max Freed and A.J. Minter move on you know, in free agency. Now, as we've seen with Dansby Swanson and Freddie Freeman, the Braves made moves at the time, or the, at least with Freddie Freeman, they made a move at the time they knew that, it, that he wasn't going to come back. The Braves have not you know, actually done anything to replace Dansby Swanson as of yet. But... With the Braves lineup being as secure as it is with so many of their young position pieces signed long term, you do have Spencer Strider, you have plenty of control, you know, with Kyle Wright, you do have, you know, several years of control left with Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka, and so on. But make no mistake, the most consistent reliever for the Braves, you know, over the past few seasons in terms of, you know, elite level of pitching has been Mentor. The most consistent pitcher for the Braves over the past few seasons in the starting rotation has been Max Reed. These are your two anchors. These are your two best talents in your starting rotation and the bullpen. So while obviously the Braves are going to be fine over the next two years, it'll be very interesting to see either what the Braves do to potentially keep Freed and or mentor in Atlanta longer than the next two years or what potential moves the Braves make in preparation that either Freed, mentor, or both could eventually move on. It's certainly going to be a storyline, especially when it comes to the pitching, which of right now, not necessarily a concern for the long-term view of the Braves staff in bullpen, but more of the fact that there's not as much, you know, long-term certainty in terms of the names that will be there like we know there is for the lineup. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. So as we are now about a month away from when pitchers and catchers start reporting for spring training, we're also making our way through some important dates in the month of January that impact the Braves and all Major League teams across Major League Baseball. Today, as mentioned, is the day when players and franchises will exchange arbitrate or salary figures for 2023 that could lead to arbitration cases for those players, you know, as the offseason were to progress. But another date that comes into focus is January 15th, and that is the start of the international signing period in which Major League Baseball teams will be able to sign international uh, league free agents. This is where you see a lot of the top-tier talents that aren't a part of upcoming draft classes sign with major league franchises and as i you know discussed you know earlier you know this week about you know john Coppolella being back in baseball for years in recent history the Braves weren't really players in this part of the major league baseball calendar because of the penalties that were put on them back in 2017 but over the past couple of seasons the Braves have been able to get back to normal in terms of their spending pool and they once again are going to be active in this year's international signing period now when I say active I mean the fact is they're going to be able to actually sign 
talent. But according to Matt Powers from BatteryPower.com, the Braves' main focus in this international signing period is going to be outfielder Luis Guanipa, who is considered by some to be a top 10 outfielder or a top 10 player in this international signing period. Now, for more information on Guanipa, make sure you check out Power's excellent write-up at BatteryPower.com. But the thing is, is that the Braves aren't necessarily going to be signing a, a lot of players like they have, you know, in uh, over the past few years in international signing classes. But it does seem like they're going to get yet another intriguing talent and could be adding more in future international signing periods as time goes on. So make sure you stick to BatteryPower.com for the latest when it comes to any potential signings that the Braves get as the international signing period for international talents starts on January 15th. And then of course, as is the case most every year, the 2023 Baseball Hall of Fame class will be announced on January 24th. And of course, as we've discussed here multiple times, the Braves have some you know notable names that have been Braves in the past that certainly are worth watching as we approach that deadline. Of course, I'm speaking of Billy Wagner, I'm speaking of Andrew Jones, and I'm speaking of, of Gary Sheffield. And the thing is this, is that things continue for all three of those players, and, and Scott Rowland as well as Todd Helton, things continue to trend in a very positive and encouraging direction. Now, just as we mentioned, you know, a few weeks ago when we discussed where the Hall of Fame voting was basically three weeks out, now we're about 10 days out, there still is not any one player who clearly, with very little or without doubt, is going to make the Hall of Fame class this year. But voting trends are continuing to show that a few players probably have better chances than they did when we last talked about this three weeks ago. And each of those names that I mentioned are in the top six right now when it comes to vote-getters in this class. According to Ryan Thibodeau, who for, year, Thibodeau, who for years has been the best source to go to when it comes to you know keeping track of the voting, according to Ryan Thibodeau, with 38.6% of the ballots known, Right now, the top six vote-getters are, are Scott Rowland, who, who many consider to have the best chance to be able to get in the Hall of Fame this year. They are Scott Rowland, Todd Helton, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, and Carlos Beltran. Now, for the names that I mentioned that were connected with the Braves, Wagner right now is trending at 72.5%. Again, you need 75% to get into the Hall of Fame. But through nearly 40% of the voting, Billy Wagner is at 72.5%. Scott Roll, or um, excuse me, uh, Andrew Jones is at 69.9%. And Gary Sheffield right now is at 65.4%. For those in general who keep track of all names, Scott Rowland is at 80 to 81%, while Todd Helton is at, or 82%, while Todd Helton is at 79%. But here's the big thing to remember. And we've seen it. We've seen as much of a ten as a much of a ten percent drop off for some players. While these players are trending in a very encouraging and positive direction, you're going to see a significant part of the ballot not revealed until the day that the Hall of Fame class is actually announced. So the point that I'm getting at is is that based on based on the numbers that I just talked about, 
That's based off what is known. That's based off the votes that have been made public. But again, only 40% of the total vote votes are actually known. The point that I'm getting at is, is that you typically will see the players' percentages drop once we get the full votes because much of the voting is not known or not made public until after the fact. So that's one caveat to remember. While it's great to see Andrew Jones and Gary Sheffield and others, that's why I'm saying it's not necessarily a guarantee for anyone as of yet that they'll get into the Hall of Fame this year because you can see significant reductions in those percentages once the full tally of votes is known. Again, you need 75% to make the Hall of Fame. But... But this does continue to add encouragement, to add positivity, to add confidence to the fact that in time, even if it's not this year, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, but obviously for Braves fans, Andrew Jones especially, Andrew Jones being at a 70% approved rate, voted in rate, whatever you want to call it, through 40% of the votes, that is extremely encouraging for his chances to get in the Hall of Fame as time goes on. So even if it may not be able to be celebrated this season, there continues to be clear progress. And with this being Andrew Jones' sixth time on the ballot, that means he'll have four more times to get into the Hall of Fame through the most traditional way. I do feel with confidence that with how he's trending right now over the next year or two, there's a very good chance Andrew Jones could finally find himself in Cooperstown. So a lot of fun dates coming up, a lot of news going on. Obviously, I know that for many of us, we we still know that there's you know potential holes to fill in the in the lineup. Maybe it's shortstop. So perhaps the Braves have another move or two that they'll make this offseason. But it's always fun to see you know the future, see how it's impacted during the international free agent signing period, and then, of course, also how the past is honored. And hopefully, in the case of Andrew Jones, we're continuing to make progress for him to find his place, and deservedly so, in Cooperstown, among the greatest to ever play the game. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, um, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on The Daily Hammer. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.